Hello and welcome to It Is Written Canada. Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about the future? How do you deal with the unexpected? The truth is that life can be so unpredictable. Beautiful blessings and distressing difficulties, joys and sorrows can come unexpectedly. Our life's dreams and plans can change in an instant. Because we all know this to be true, there is so much anxiety and fear for the future. So how can we find peace and hope in the midst of such unpredictability? Horatio Spafford was a successful attorney and real estate investor who lost a fortune in 1871. Around the same time, his dearly loved four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. Thinking a vacation would do his family some good, he sent his wife and four daughters on a ship to England, planning to join them after he finished some pressing business at home. However, while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was involved in a terrible collision and sunk, drowning more than 200 people, including all four of Horatio Spafford's precious daughters. His wife, Anna, survived the tragedy, and upon arriving in England, she sent a telegram to her husband that read, Saved, alone, what shall I do? Horatio immediately set sail for England. At one point during his voyage, the captain of the ship, aware of the tragedy that had struck the Spafford family, summoned Horatio to tell him that they were now passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred. As Horatio thought about his daughters, words of comfort and hope filled his heart and mind, and he wrote them down. And they have since become a well-loved and well-known Christian hymn. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Our special guest on It Is Written Canada today is Joy Astolfi, a mental health clinician who, through her own journey, has learned life lessons that have enabled her to help many people experience hope and healing, guiding them to put their faith in a loving God and trusting in His divine help to confidently say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Joy, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Well, thank you, Mike and Renee, so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, Joy, you grew up in the amazing province of Saskatchewan, and uh, that, I'm sure, influenced you as a child. You want to tell us about that? Sure. I was born and raised in a small town in east-central Saskatchewan to parents of European descent who had a very strong work, work ethic and wanted to instill that in us as well. 
And so at one point in time, we were each involved in working in one of dad's businesses. And of course, my mother thought that it was important also that we should have some practical skills. So we learned to do some responsibilities and chores around the house as well. And even though as a child, sometimes you think you might be really hard done by, I am so grateful for the moral and ethical upbringing and certainly the work ethic that my parents instilled in me. Joy, do you have any more childhood memories that you can share with us? Yes, my parents um, were very active people and they really um, put their money where their mouth was in terms of being active in, in community things and spiritual activities that interested them. My parents were also very um, conscientious charitable donors to a number of organizations. And one of my fond memories is growing up and we had this calendar on our wall in our kitchen and it was from the Orange Benevolent Society. And I came later to find out that if there was a home, an Orange Benevolent home in Indian Head, Saskatchewan. And I didn't even know as a child what that word benevolent meant. But Mike, when I heard your testimony, I was so touched because it was really something that came home thinking that maybe my parents had possibly had, you know, some influence in your own upbringing because of their, their generosity. And, and that generosity and desire to help people was something that was certainly transferred onto me. So someone might be watching and doesn't know, I grew up in an orphanage in Indian Head, Saskatchewan, which is not too far from where you lived. And uh, your parents were contributing to that organization. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's a small world. It is a very small world. So Joy, continue with some of the other childhood memories you had. Sure. My mother was a very compassionate person and she had a particular um, desire to help people that were going through pain and suffering. And um, I believe that that was instilled in me as well and ended up coming out in my career. And one, one of the memories that I have was that my mom would consistently invite people to holiday dinners and events that people that would probably be at home alone and lonely, people with nowhere else to go or that wouldn't be able to reciprocate her hospitality. And this was a very common event in our home. So my parents also had many causes and things that they believed in. And so they actively pursued those things and wanted to be contributors, not just within our family, but also in the community. Joy, did you have any challenges growing up? Yes, I did. My teenage and adolescent years in particular were very difficult for me. Um, I had a number of very dark days and dark years, not really realizing what was going on inside of me. I didn't really talk with people much about it, didn't really share much, but looking back now with the education and the experience I have, I can say I was probably experiencing depression and at times was requiring clinical intervention. In particular, um, in my early adult years while I was in college, I experienced the loss of my grandmother and she was very close to me and this made an already um, serious situation even even more intense because I was feeling the loss of her combined with the, the existing depression already. And I didn't realize that life didn't have to be this way and that that wasn't normal. So Joy, now that you know what you know about the development of the brain and you're a mental health clinician, how do you understand what you were going through at that time? Yes, hindsight can be 2020. Um, in retrospect, knowing what I know now, I can see that I was struggling with a very common stage of development that many young people go through. And that is the final stage of development of the part of the brain called the frontal lobe. 
And this process starts between the ages of 12 to 14. And it doesn't usually finish till between the ages of 25 to 30. And depending on what a person's going through, sometimes that could be even longer. And what we know about this and what's so critical is that during this time, the higher levels of executive functioning of our brain are developing. So things like our critical thinking, cause and effect, decision making, problem solving, our emotional regulation and control, our behavioral control, as well as our personality development. Our spirituality and morality are also housed in this part of the brain. And so how that part develops and the influences that we have during this time can impact us for the rest of our lives. Joy, do you think you would have been better prepared to deal with your mental health struggles at this time if you had this knowledge? There are many things that can happen during this time of life to interrupt and or to positively or negatively impact this time of life and development, which of course influences the rest of our lives. And at the time, I didn't really understand what was going on with me. I didn't have the information available. And so in retrospect, understanding that, I wish there were some things that I would have known. But the research wasn't there. It wasn't widely talked about. And many of my friends and schoolmates suffered in silence, some not so silently, and we were impacted by this, but we didn't really know what was going on within us. And when you take that in conjunction with regular adolescent development and the hormonal things that are going on and all of the rest of it, it leaves um, that little being really confused and all over the map. So there's a lot going on and we don't even have the words to put to it. So yes, in retrospect, had I had some information and knowledge that we do now, um, we could have possibly helped many of us to not have struggled so much. You know, our parents and teachers and those involved in our lives really did the best with the information that we had at the time, but we just didn't have what we do today. So yes, that would have been nice. Many times, teens and adolescents are just looking for ways to cope with this difficult time of life. And what happens is when they feel that they don't have somewhere to go or somebody to turn to, they will turn to substances, unhealthy relationships and activities. Unfortunately, this can then end up having lifelong impacts of addictions and unhealthy relationship patterns. And oftentimes they're just looking for ways to find solutions and they just don't really know how to cope. And sometimes the people around them don't realize what those needs are and aren't able to help them either. So Joy, it's a time of struggle, adolescence. You were making difficult decisions. How is that affecting your spiritual development? Well, during those troublesome years, I made a lot of decisions that impacted my frontal lobe and some of them with permanent consequences. And our spiritual life is also housed in our frontal lobe. And at the same time, you're trying to make career choices and life choices and things compound and not really knowing where to go and where to turn. So my spiritual life was impacted in that I didn't really have one. Um, God still had a plan for me and that came clear later, but at the time there were very, very serious and dark days and combined with that was the fact that I had also some health issues going on. There had a particular condition that I had for over 10 years and that further impacted my ability um, to function spiritually in a healthy way. So Joy, what brought you to your current career as a mental health clinician? From a very early age, I can remember having a genuine interest and in compassion in people. I can remember specifically at the age of four, 
when I was at a friend's home and I was sitting in their kitchen having an adult conversation with her mother instead of playing with my friend. And as an adolescent and as in high school, I can remember people coming to, to talk with me, to confide in me, not simply because of their problems, but also to discuss issues and various other things. So I kind of came by it naturally. However, my number one goal and plan was to become a corporate lawyer. And so I started out in college as a business major. However, what happened was that various choices, relationships, and the, the resulting death of my grandmother impacted that, and so life took another turn. I was able to complete an undergraduate degree in psychology with a business minor. My hopes was to get, were to get into um, human resources, but God had other plans. At the time of my graduation, the economy had taken a significant downturn, and so the jobs in HR were primarily focused on massive downsizings. So desperate to want to start paying off student loans and to get working, I contacted a friend of mine who suggested that I contact one of their relatives who happened to work in the human services field and that that would maybe tide me over until we could work in HR and resume a career in HR. Uh, God had other plans. So this suggestion led me to working for an, in a nonprofit and a group home with troubled youth and the rest we can say is history. Enjoy. The rest was history. What happened next? My work with troubled youth then led me to the U.S. where I expanded my knowledge and experience in the areas in particular of gangs and other criminal organizations. I was able to work with um, the law enforcement and probation in our county to establish some programs and interventions to address these issues that were happening in our community. This experience was one of the richest of my whole life and was a springboard of things to come. So Joy, what brought you back to Canada then? So due to ongoing health concerns, I can, came back to Canada and continued to struggle through life. I chose to um, work alongside law enforcement and in corrections with youth as a, vo a volunteer while working in the corporate world. So in 2002, my spiritual life took a t pivotal turn. I had a friend that knew that I was struggling and she introduced me to a Bible study and she was very insistent and this was really tugging at me that this was a direction that I should go. And for the first time in my life, I realized that God and Jesus Christ was real, that they wanted to have a real relationship with me and that this was actually possible and not just something you hear about or that just happens for certain people. Once I turned my health, life, and career over to God, things began to change rapidly and doors opened to me that I never dreamed were possible. And finally I could say, it was well with my soul.
So, Joy, your friend insisted that you read the Bible, and that was a transformational experience. You could see the love of God, and you experienced that it was well with your soul. You had a, a rich experience. What happened next? Well, I was able to attain some vital information that helped me to address the autoimmune illness that I had struggled with for so long. And so, as I got stronger physically and mentally, I was able to reconsider going back into the mental health field to pursue graduate studies and then end the physical and career paralysis that I had been experiencing. So this opened up doors for me. Through God's intervention and provision, I was able to attain a position in corrections while working on my master's program. Both of these opportunities were something I certainly did not expect and every day in corrections was exciting, never dull, and um, I, those young people still have a very, very special place in my heart to this very day. And I would have probably stayed there, but God had other plans and He had other um, opportunities and things that He wanted to show me. 
so I, it is my privilege today to continue my passion in corrections by volunteering in a federal corrections committee, which I enjoy very much. And it's also been my privilege to visit eight different correctional facilities in four countries. And I count this as a huge gift from God to be able to do that too. So Joy, what other challenges did you end up facing? Well, during grad school, I experienced a severe car accident that some of the injuries to which I still suffer from today. And in spite of that, God still saw me through to complete my master's program, which was a very, very challenging and grueling experience. Through that, I have seen Him work in other ways in my life. Little by little, God's shown me that His way is best, and He has ways and ideas for us that we can't even possibly imagine. I had to go through my own physical and mental healing in order to be effective and to do the work that I do today. This is no easy task. It can be very daunting and it takes a lot of work. However, it's worth it. My personal experience and that of my patients and clients is testimony to the fact that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you've been through in your life, the difficult circumstances, the developmental challenges that you've had, there is always hope. There's hope for a future. Every single human being has a purpose and a reason for being alive. Every single person has value, and I take that into my work with me every day because I really truly believe it and I see it, and it's a real privilege to be able to do the work that I do and to work with people. It's, it's a sacred trust when you work with people in this capacity, and I just thank God for giving me the opportunities that He has to do this. It is possible to be free from all types of debilitating mood disorders, grief and loss, trauma, and all types of pain. Joy, since you finished your master's degree, what kind of blessings and experiences have you had? Oh, it's been really exciting. And some of my dreams and unexpected dreams have actually come true in terms of, you know, what a person can, can experience in a career. It's been my privilege to work with people in all kinds of areas and capacities. I've worked in private practice, youth probation, consulting, and in primary care. It has been an honor to present seminars, webinars, programs, and other interventions, as well as to be an instructor on two courses on mental health and social issues. All of these opportunities are a huge privilege, and sometimes they come at a cost, but it's always worth it. So Joy, what makes you so genuinely interested in others? Well, when I was a child, um, I came across a quote that has stuck with me through life, and it was about the importance of being genuinely interested in people. And I sincerely believe that every life has a value and has importance. There is a purpose and a reason for every human being. And the late Serge Leclerc, a very infamous Canadian, when he used to give motivational speeches to youth, what he used to say was, you're either part of the problem or part of the solution. And that always stuck with me, and so I, my aim is to be part of the solution. Joy, in closing, what kept you going during your darkest days? During those darkest days of my adolescence and youth, I didn't plan to live past 25 years old. I didn't want to live past 25. God had other plans, and He preserved and protected me. One of my favorite Bible verses is Jeremiah 29, 11, where God states that He has good thoughts towards us, 
and He wants to promise us a, a future and a hope. And that goes for every single one of us. That's what keeps me going. Well, Joy, we have come to the end of our program, and I wonder if I could please ask you to pray for us. It would be an honor. Our dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunities that you've given us in our lives that we don't even see sometimes. I thank you for the provision and for the care for each one. And Lord, I just pray for those that might be watching today that you would reach their hearts and know that they are important to you and that they matter. And no matter what mental health issues or physical struggles they might be going through, that you have a future and a hope for them. I ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Joy, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your journey today on It Is Written Canada. Thank you for having me. It was through a friend's insistence that Joy study the Bible, which led her to see for the first time that God is really real and that His love was all she needed for it to be well with her soul. That decision changed her life, and through Joy's life, it has brought hope and healing to the people she has worked with as a mental health clinician. So we want to offer you a set of Bible study guides. Whether you want to learn the major teachings of God's Word or Bible prophecy, we can assist you to find answers for how to face the issues and challenges you deal with every day. Here is the information that you will need to receive your own free set of Bible study guides. To receive today's offer, you can simply go to our website at iiw.ca and click on the News and Offers tab. Again, it's iiw.ca. You can also call us at 1-888-CALL-IIW. That's 1-888-225-5449. Call anytime. We can be reached 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or if you'd like to write to us, our address is It Is Written Canada, Box 2010, Oshawa, Ontario, L1H7V4. We also want to thank you for your prayer requests and donations that make it possible for us to connect people to the abundant life found in Jesus. Before you go, we also would like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life. We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca, or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.